This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. One of the alarming predictions you make in the book is, uh, is along those lines. You mentioned that blacks will be pretty much a permanent underclass in America by the year 2015. Why the year 2015? 2015 because what, I, what I've concluded from analysis is that there are going to be a converging of, of social factors nationally and internationally that's going to place blacks in a permanent status of underclassship. And one, we, we anticipate by that point in time, based on all the research that's coming to us, that the next generation of whites going to be more anti-black than they've been since the Civil Rights Movement. Two, we anticipate by the same token, about 86 million Hispanics coming into the United States and about 41 million Asians by that point in time, mm -hmm. which is going to kick black folk out of being the majority minority in the society, mm -hmm. uh, down to a minority minority. We've been number two in the society for 400 years as a group. We're going to become number four. And, uh, and if we have not gotten anything after being number two for 400 years, you guess what's going to happen when we become number four? Because at that point in time, all the new groups coming into America, they're coming in higher than we are because this country operates off of a preferential acceptance program, mm -hmm. which means that groups are coming in based on skin color, they're going from the lightest down to the darkest, light, yellow, brown, black. And that's what our immigration laws are based on. And black folk would not be able to penetrate through those groups to get to the white society uh, when that happens because those groups owe us nothing. They don't understand our problems and they are competitive with us and we don't begin to be a little more aggressive about being in a competitive posture. They're going to eat our lunches. That was Dr. Cloud Anderson um, about the uh, controversies surrounding uh, some of his book in regards to powernomics. Uh, now, I'm not uh, necessarily agreeing with all that Dr. Anderson discusses and engages with, but he does have some points. This interview was recorded back in 1995, uh, 20 plus years, 25 plus years later, and we are even in a worse spot. So, it uh, as always, uh, no podcast and no talk is going to solve anything, but I think it bears a discussion. Uh, so this week, my guest and I were talking about class uh, and caste and uh, how those social constructs play a role in discrimination. This is Profane Faith. We have enemies within our country. I think it's a combination of demonology and psyop. The citizens are going to rise up and become deputized. I have always heard President Trump. I, I like the way he talked. He reminded me of most men. Joe Biden last night in the debate, hes it's like he's not even a human being. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represented extremism. Can you imagine repatriating all the black Americans that Pat just spoke about to Africa? Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children, on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which I have never seen. This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins, faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, or even out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. And look, we won't be trying to answer difficult questions. Rather, we'll be engaging them and asking better ones regarding faith, race, gender, and religion. I'll be your host, Daniel White Hodge. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back. Welcome back. Here we are. Here we are in the place to be. Um, well, 
Welcome back to Profane Faith. Uh, I welcome everyone. If you're just joining us, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, this is a, a bi-weekly podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, we're wherever you find good and solid podcasts at. So uh, give a like, give a subscribe, check it out. Um, we're having a continual great conversations in regards to race, politics, religion, faith, theology, hip hop, blackness, uh, all those good things, right? All those things they tell you not to talk about uh, with friends and family. Um, at the beginning there, uh, you know, you were listening to Dr. Claude Anderson. I'm going to put that clip, uh, that full interview is is on YouTube. If you haven't read it or if you haven't even, you know, you don't even know who Dr. Claude Anderson is, I, I, I recommend you go check it out. Um, he has some interesting uh, concepts in, in that particular book. Uh, talks about just some of the downfalls that black folks uh, were dealing with. And this was back, again, this is back in the 90s. This is the mid-90s. Um, and I know some of his views on gender and, and human sexuality, are, they're out there. But uh, I do believe that there there is some, some merit and some worth in regard to some of his work around socioeconomics um, and just the underpinnings of a permanent um underclass for black people uh but especially where we find ourselves now with the wealth gap uh that extends uh in 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 a a almost unreal fashion between those who are the elite and how much they control uh especially the influence they have on politics um i was listening to i think uh, on the media with npr and they were talking about just how you know how these oligarchs really just have the ears of politicians, the ears of policymakers, um, and so we are, you know, quickly running uh, away from a democracy uh, and into this kind of uh, uh, this this sense of Orwellian uh, uh, capitalist society. Um, so yeah, I, like I've said before on the show, I think you know there's some some things we we we're going to have to contend with sooner or later. Um, and they might come to a violent boiling point. I hope that is not the case. Um, but we are we are in a world of mess. Um, this last week, uh, and I'll also post this link in my uh, show notes as well. And for those of you who don't know, show notes are always at whitehodgepodcast.com. Click on Profane Faith. You got the podcast there. You can do a search. You can look up any episode. I'm always putting links uh, in the show notes uh, with the speakers, uh, the links that they give me, some of the stuff that I put on the show. Uh, so it's just cause some good uh, informative material. I look at it as my bibliography, right? Uh, I always want to cite uh, good material. And um, yeah, so go there. I did a talk this last week. Uh, last year, I was the winner and recipient of a teaching award. And uh, the winner of, you know, the previous year gives the talk uh, at the following year's ceremony. So I did that. And uh, that's and that was kind of my my whole thing. The title of the talk was, you know, pedagogy uh, for the depressed. Uh, and I and, and I cased it in the sense of I wanted to like Christopher Nolan d- did in Memento. I want to start with the beginning uh, or actually yeah, start with the. No, no, let me go. Here we go. You know, start with the ending in mind, okay, and and move backwards. Um, and so, a pedagogy for the depressed is something that comes out of the stuff that we got to work on, um, and 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 come up with solution oriented um, procedures and methods, uh, rather than saying, oh, well, this, you know, we haven't even addressed some of the issues, the major issues of class uh, disparities. Uh, we haven't even addressed some of the issues uh, within. BIPOC communities in regards to who has access to jobs. I mean, you're wondering why 
uh, is a television show. Atlanta season called it Robin season, right? Is happening. Um, well, it's because people don't, you know, they don't have money. And so they, they resort to other things. Um, and class struggles, uh, is usually always seen as a pathological, um, you know, situation, uh, especially for black folk, right? You're poor because you made poor choices. You're poor because, uh, you know, you're addicted to drugs. You're poor and you're addicted to drugs because you're uh, an immoral person, right? It comes back to this idea of immorality and morality and you made the bad decisions. Uh, whereas, uh, and this is where I would agree with Dr. Anderson in the sense that, uh, this has been constructed. This has been put together. This is a system, uh, that we all live, breathe and engage with. And so, in that talk, I, I, I got at some of these things. It's a it's a quick talk. Um, I didn't want to you know belabor things uh, too much, and it's stuff that we've talked about on this show uh, for a long time uh, as well. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Those will be in the in the show notes as well. And like I said, I'll post the the full interview uh, to Dr. Cloud Anderson um, and some of the work that he's he's done as well. Um, this week, yeah, man, this uh, this is some interesting things in regards to the shootings. Uh, again, if you listen to this in real time, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2023, uh, the, I think there was just another one the other day, too, where um, this other brother was getting into a car, or he got into the wrong car, and he got shot. He was coming back. He was on his phone. He wasn't paying too much attention, and he opened the door of the wrong car, and he got shot. Um, and that's just kind of been happening, <laughs> right, over the last couple weeks. Uh, I think we know of three other instances where that happened. Of course, we know the more popular one uh, was the young brother who did survive. He was shot by an old white guy out in, I think, uh, St. Louis, right? I think that was, it was Kentucky. I'm forgetting all the details here, but um, nevertheless, you know what I'm talking about. I'm mo more than likely sure if you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what's, what happened. And he went to the wrong house. He thought he was at the right house. He typed in the wrong address. He was looking for his brother, went up to the door. The man shot him, wanted to kill him, right? Shot him twice uh and then of course he was going trying to go uh, and find some help afterwards uh couldn't get any help from from any of the uh the houses and when he finally did find help uh he talked about how he had to like lay on the ground as he's bleeding out uh hands all on the ground he had to wait until paramedics and the police showed up i can't imagine any uh, something more horrific uh than that other than maybe monsters coming out of the ground or whatever man i mean that's just like because i'm thinking to myself like man even while i'm laying there like i'm shot bleeding dying and you you don't know who's gonna show up man um you know you know what i'm saying i mean you know, it's gonna be the cops they're gonna shoot me some more is it good the paramedics just gonna be like oh well um a friend of mine posted uh uh, a post the other day that said, you know, as black people, we were always taught if you need ever needed any help, never go to a house that had the American flag out on it. Um, and that was something that I also grew up with, with as well. Like, don't go to houses that especially they have an American flag, but especially if they have too much patriotic, you know, shit out there. Um, so, you know, and I think those are just some of the the things that we as black folk, you know, we've been trained and taught to do. Uh, and, uh, like I said, I don't have any grand solutions. I think we're at a place just like in the clip that Dr. Cloud was saying with, 
Well, Dr. Anderson was saying is that there is a generation of white folks who hate the idea of black folks gaining any kind of success. Uh, and 2008, with the election of Barack Obama, uh, really solidified and sealed, right, that sense that, you know, that indignant sense for many whites who felt like, you know, blacks have too much access. They have too much uh, 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 material gain. Uh, they don't need any more, right? This is This is too much. Uh, and, you know, you're seeing that you're seeing that now. And especially when you start thinking about I think there was another uh, recording that was released uh, from, I think, out in Oklahoma City uh, from police officers that were talking about how uh, they loved hunting black people and, you know, and killing them. And, they, you know, if they got a chance, they would shoot them and hang them because uh, that's what you yeah, that's what you do. I, it, it, again, people are like surprised, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I don't know why people will survive. Surprise. This is the type of shit that we've been talking about for decades. Uh, and it, 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 that's, you know, and I, again, I don't want to get too much in the high horse here. I think I think about just what hip hop, you know, we was it, it, the culture was talking about this shit 35 years ago. Um, cops have been racist. They we we've been knowing that situation. We've been knowing that that's the case. Um but, you know, now it's kind of just surfacing. People are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. Um, and then, you know, the state of hip hop. I mean, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. We have to have a whole conversation just on the state of hip hop, the state of 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 the fact that so many rappers, contemporary pop rappers talk about nonsense uh, and they're not addressing the things of the culture, the things of the people. They're talking about weed. They're talking about sex. They're talking about money. They're talking about, you know, being better than this other cat over here, which I'm not against money. I'm not against sex. I'm not against weed, but it's framed in such a way, in such an absolutist way that those who listen to that and have been grown up with that think that that is the way. Um... And so, yeah, so much of hip hop, especially the popular stuff, has been degraded uh, and whitewashed. I think about just as a music producer myself and somebody who does music, uh, I think about just some of the sample packs that I get. Uh, these are all put out by white folks. There's so many, there's so much of the influence of whiteness in hip hop right now. Uh, it reminds me of the movie Hollywood Shuffle. Um, where you have uh, white uh, producers and, and directors telling black people how to be black, <laughs> right? Um, I go on Udemy, which is a program that has a bunch of like uh, videos of how to and learning, you know, they couch themselves in kind of this educational uh, platform. Um, and there's so many white guys on there talking about, hey, I could teach you how to be a hip hop producer. Uh, so that kind of energy, <laughs> it just continually uh, blows my mind in regards to where we find ourselves in hip hop culture, not the hip hop culture, like the broader culture. When you think about global stuff, um, I'm talking about the stuff that's on the radio, which in many regards is, um, excuse me, is really dangerous just because it's heard by so many people. But again, it's for a different conversation. Let me get to my guest today. So my next guest was actually brought to me uh, or introduced to me, excuse me, uh, by a former, another former guest, uh, Obed Manwatkar. And uh, this cat uh, has, uh, uh, he has spent some time out doing some really hard work. His name is Prashant Nima. Uh, he worked on a bill uh, out in Seattle uh, that finally got uh, cast. And, um, uh, you know, the whole caste system and, you know, kind of the whole uh, class 
and cast and how those are used for discrimination. He finally got that uh, on as an actual area of discrimination. Uh, and now it's actually into law. He's going to explain it much better than I am doing here. Um, but um, Prashant was uh, worked on that. And, uh, you know, just his background in this, like, it, the fact that he came out of the business world and was like, man, we really need to do this uh, and recognizing his own position and having privilege and all that. Uh, he's really put this thing together. I mean, he's part of a group and the picture you see on the cover of this podcast, that's the whole group that helped work to this. But I was fortunate enough to sit down with Brother Prashant to talk about what this whole process was like and how this new law is impacting uh, everybody, not just Indian people, but uh, all BIPOC folks and people of color as it pertains to discrimination around caste. So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation. You learn something and take it all in. Cool. All right, here we go. All right, folks. Well, welcome back to Profane Faith. Uh, you know, every week I'm bringing y'all, or every other week, actually, since we're meeting, not necessarily uh, have an episode out every week. I'm bringing y'all top-notch folks. Uh, and this week, uh, I am excited to bring on uh, a a friend of a friend uh, that I've actually had on uh, before, uh, Obed. I'll post that link in the show notes. Uh, but I have a, a brother here, Prashad, who's put in some amazing work in some policies looking at class looking at structure uh looking at caste things but before we get into any of that welcome to the show prasad uh it's good to have you here this day thank you brother daniel um can you uh i'll start off by asking the basic question that i ask everybody what's been happening from birth to now who what's what's been going what's been going on uh, for myself, uh, I uh, grew up in India, <clears throat> and uh, I um, have been, uh, you know, for, for the for the for the uh, sake of uh, the topic that we are discussing. I grew up in a in a family that that comes at the top of the social pyramid in India. Um, India has a, a, a very uh, cruel uh, social order, which is known as caste system. Uh, and uh, uh, my family is in the uh, top part of that social pyramid, which means uh, I have been uh, uh, both uh, a privileged person and uh, also I have benefited from the evils of caste system, which is uh, our material wealth comes from exploitation of the people at the bottom of the social pyramid. Uh, so um, mostly I spent uh, about 20, 25 years in India, uh, I was able to access education, uh, higher education, which is a degree in computer science, uh, uh, all of which are, uh, you know, uh, very much out of uh, reach for uh, uh, almost 80% of our population. Oh, wow. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, uh, both economically and socially, 80% of the population is unable to access uh, education beyond primary education. Um, so, um, equipped with that degree uh, and because of boom in the software market, uh, I was able to access uh, uh, job market that was, uh, you know, thriving at that time. And uh, uh, very quickly, I was able to uh, uh, get uh, a well-paying job. Uh, and then uh, from that point, it was not very difficult to jump to uh, United States, uh, where more lucrative jobs are available. Um, as you all know, um, the software companies uh, are uh, hiring people from all over the world. Um, and they have their own uh, reasons to do that, uh, uh, especially because college education is too expensive in America. Uh, we have the same problem that many people here are uh, not able to access college education. So uh, internationally, I was uh, able to sort of, you know, quote unquote, cheat uh, and we become eligible for a job in America. Uh, and uh, yeah, I worked for Microsoft for about 14 years. Okay. Uh, and then uh, now currently I am working for um, Facebook, Meta, which was called Facebook earlier. Um, so I live in Seattle. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's the general background. Uh, I can describe. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. That's it's, uh, it's always fascinating to hear from folks background. So what got you, cause I'm curious, like, you know, what got you to put this measure on the, either the ballot or, I mean, how did y'all go about it? And let me ask that question. And then the piggyback on that, what is, what is it that you got passed in Seattle that's so remarkable and kind of a landmark new policy? Yeah, so I was uh, one of the activists on the ground uh, to um, help um, um, passing the ordinance in Seattle that bans caste discrimination here. Hmm. Uh, but uh, let me give you a little more perspective of how did we end up, why or how, how did we end up doing. Uh, so um, as I said that uh, uh, I moved here uh, in Seattle, uh, and it's it's been like almost 22 years since I have been here, and uh, we have a good um, window into the Indian American community here. Uh, there's almost uh, um, uh, the, the Indian American population here is significant. So almost uh, uh, 150,000 or so people in in the Washington state and most of them are concentrated around greater Seattle area. Okay. Um, so what we have observed uh, for a very long time that uh, there are two uh, things uh, that are significantly uh, interesting. One is 
uh, that even though we form 10% of the population in India, when I say we, it's, it's the dominant caste uh, or so-called upper caste people in India. Uh, so we, we, even though we form about 10% of the population in India, uh, we are actually 90% of uh, people, uh, Indian Americans. Uh, so, so basically the, the, Pyramid is sort of you know inverted over here. We, we have more people from the dominant caste community and the marginalized communities, which are uh, over eighty percent and the most marginalized, which is about uh, fifteen twenty percent of India. The most marginalized become almost like two to three percent here or even less, uh, because obviously. Like I said, that many of the marginalized people are kept out of uh, the opportunities. Um, most of them are not able to make it to United States, which is usually, uh, you know, considered a significant opportunity for for you know self gain. Um, so. So the atmosphere here is very much informed by the dominant caste community. Just to give a little bit context, think of it as, you know, South Africa, where it's it's a, uh, South Africa was an apartheid state, but uh, the the same uh, thing, right? So Elon Musk uh, is 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 from the layer which is you know very highly uh, privileged uh, in South Africa, right? So they, yeah. uh, that's the uh, layer uh, that is coming here. Uh, and, and interestingly, they claim to be uh, just as uh, other immigrants or people of color, and they, they, they claim all those uh, uh, titles which put them as strugglers. But uh, the reality is that we all are the beneficiaries of the Indian oppressive uh, system and then we come to this society and uh, we claim to be uh, you know um, people who have come here with zero money or something like that right so we, we, try, we try to claim that model minority tag by saying look uh, look at us we were also here with uh, 20 dollar in pocket but uh, look how much we have succeeded uh, while the other communities for example they'll point at black community and say look uh, these guys are still not able to uh, thrive like us right uh, so that, that's the false narrative they are able to push here, uh, wow. but on, yeah. So, so uh, those are some of the things that irritated us because uh, uh, you know we were not talking reality. The, there was there was a uh, there was a concentrated effort to hide any discussions about caste, which is why the American society has heard very little from about caste from their Indian colleagues and such. Uh, in, uh, maybe somebody has heard, but in negative tone, very less people have heard about it uh, because the mostly dominant caste uh, uh, diaspora is uh, not interested in talking about their own privilege. Uh, but also this creates some sort of a, you know, um, some sort of a mental block 
to get rid of their casteist thinking also because look uh, you know uh, nobody's uh, uh, penalizing them for this behavior right hmm. uh, so so what they start to do uh, is that they openly discuss some uh, some ideas uh, which are you know uh, if you think of those same ideas in terms of race or gender it will look uh, pretty uh, disgusting but uh, somehow in terms of caste they are passed on as uh, common sense uh, for example uh, when i was at microsoft there was uh, th- there's something called a a uh, discussion board back in those days the, the social networking was not yet invented okay uh, so not social networking sorry uh, social network uh, the, the the like linkedin facebook whatsapp were not there yeah. yet um, so what happened was uh, there was a discussion in 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 uh, microsoft around uh, an affirmative action policy in india uh, in which uh, people started and this is like a company wide uh, email where most of the indians are in that group uh, and people started talking about how uh, people from the uh, quote unquote lower caste are only fit for manual labor uh, and people from the quote unquote upper caste are uh, you know uh, excellent at intellectual work uh, probably, it was a very eugenic eugenics kind of uh, discussion oh my and uh, and the hr had no idea about what was going on like uh, one of the person tried to complain and they were like no we don't see what's wrong here and he said okay why don't you do one thing uh, take upper caste and replace it with white people and take uh, quote unquote lower caste and replace it with black people and read the uh, mail again uh, does it sound bad to you and then they were like oh okay so uh, they you know they closed down the discussion group for some time and but there was no repercussion or no consequences the people who were sharing these kind of ideas were uh, uh, you know they they were they had to face nothing uh, imagine similar thing if they had talked about gender for example that women are you know just good for manual labor whereas men are intellectually superior uh, what would have happened to those people right so uh, i looked up later uh, and these guys are now vps and uh, directors and hiring managers in different companies now so imagine what kind of uh, decisions they they would have been taking uh, is just this is just you know I'm, i'm trying to give you a little background into the mindset yeah uh, that is prevalent in the community without anybody uh, even giving a slap on the wrist for 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 these kind of uh, you know ideas so so this is this is the general background that i was exposed to uh, but uh, other than that you know even when i move in the community i i know that people have very uh, they have this notion around affirmative action which which actually spills over to uh, even american affirmative system uh, like you might have known about the proposition 16 in california uh, which was defeated uh, in the election and uh, 
there were many Indian American groups that actually, uh, you know, mobilized against it. Uh, and this, this all comes from uh, their hatred for um, these kind of policies. And uh, I, from, from my personal experience, uh, more, more than half of the Indians here that I know are uh, of the belief that uh, reservation or the affirmative action uh, promotes uh, people with lower merit. They, 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 they choose to ignore uh, that these are the people who have struggled more. They only focus on some score in some particular exam. Uh, uh, and this is what happened in the Cisco case where uh, the, the culprits actually used um, the the uh, victims uh, uh, you know past like 20 years ago the victim you used affirmative action so they tried to put a question mark on his merit uh, so this is very uh, uh, consistent with what we have seen in the community uh, and uh, uh, the people from the marginalized community, even though they are less in number, uh, uh, they had started organizing uh, in, in in America, mm -hmm. and uh, they have been voicing uh, their uh, you know uh, uh, their protest against uh, several uh, things in uh, America that uh, somehow. Uh, you know, are under Indian uh, are under control of the uh, the dominant caste communities uh, because of their wealth and power and uh, their positions. So, for example, uh, there are several uh, exclusively caste-based groups in America, which uh, are also places where uh, opportunities are uh, you know shared um, and. Uh, uh, Obviously, there is no protection against uh, discrimination based on your caste if the interviewer or the hiring manager, uh, you know, has done that to you. So um, after the Cisco case came on, uh, many of the people from the community uh, went even more vocal. They started, uh, you know, sharing testimonies uh, about their own experience. Uh, people saying that, you know, I, I, I try to avoid Indian manager because I am, uh, you know, I am worried that they will discriminate against me once they figure out what my caste is. Uh, so caste is not really like uh, race. Uh, it doesn't have any physical markers. Hmm. Uh, so uh, but there are markers that are only visible to people who have grown in caste society. Uh, so, so it becomes very difficult or very awkward for Americans to see, like, how can these guys find, like, you know, I had a friend once uh, who helped me write uh, one uh, op-ed uh, about uh, caste and uh, uh, 
we, we spent almost five, six months discussing how we want to write it. And I know in every call she would tell me, but how do you guys even find out who's who, right? Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, the person who wants to determine can find out in few easy steps. Uh, but the other thing is it's very easy to figure out that somebody is not from my caste. Uh, like, you know, uh, and that could also be used for discriminating. Like there's a discrimination in inclusion and there's a discrimination that is of the kind of exclusion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so so all of the, those, so when we heard the testimony, when the community heard the testimony that, you know, uh, it's not just me, there are more people who are suffering. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the problem is that, uh, you know, most of the community members had... Um, moved from India to America to escape casteism, right? Uh, but they feel that they have ended up in a situation where uh, if their manager or some colleague is uh, uh, able to get them uh, out of their uh, jobs, uh, the problem is that your visa requires that if you lose a job, uh, if you don't find another job within some fixed time, which is very short, uh, you have to go back to your home country. So basically, you will fall back to the same society that you tried to escape if you get discriminated in America. So... So many of them actually either, you know, try to actively hide their caste uh, background, like, you know, try to erase all the markers, uh, keep, keep silent on political issues or keep silent about like, you know, uh, let's say over a lunch table, somebody is uh, talking, uh, you know, crap about uh, your community. You just keep quiet because you don't want to be outed as the person who also came from that community uh, and then receive uh, bad treatment from your colleagues uh, so so we the community heard all of these and the seattle based community was also uh, you know we also uh, were able to uh, so this is the other thing um, like I said, many of the people had tried to hide their identity, uh, which led to the problem that many of these community members were not even able, even able to find each other. Hmm. Uh, so, so they were never able to come together as a community because uh, you don't just don't know, right, who is who, because you are hiding not only from the casters, but also from your uh, brothers and sisters who, who could, you know, be your support system. So uh, because of this uh, uh, mobilization, uh, the S Seattle community also came together um, and uh, um they they also became uh, you know they also connected with other folks who have been uh, you know involved in uh, uh, resisting uh, the so the the dominant caste uh, indian community here have also uh, been supporting uh, many of the wrong policies in india hmm. which uh, which uh, 
uh, which was, uh, you know, which affected uh, the people from the marginalized community much worse than, uh, so uh, I don't know if we have time to go into that, but uh, uh, there was a big mobilization in, in Seattle back in 2020 against a policy in India, uh, called NRCCA, uh, which uh, together, uh, there are two policies. So basically together what they did was they almost disenfranchised everyone by default unless they are able to prove that they had a connection with India uh, since 1970s. Okay. So, so it, it all boils down to be able to bring up a piece of paper from 1970, uh, which is a time period when most of the marginalized community people had uh, almost zero access to to state, uh, uh, you know, uh, how do I say, uh, to the state machinery, like, you know, uh, all, the, all the land certificate or, uh, you know, birth certificate, all those things were completely out of reach for most of the people in the marginalized community. Uh, so, so it would have created a hell for uh, for people who are, uh, you know, um, who who are who are uh, you know not able to access the state machinery since 1970. Uh, so, so there was a lot of resistance against it in India, but also in Seattle, uh, people mobilized to, um, to, to, uh, you know, to ask Seattle city to, uh, bring out a resolution against it, uh, which was, you know, one of the large, uh, one of the biggest voice against, uh, these policies. So, uh, just to give a little, uh, analogy, imagine Germany coming out with Nuremberg laws and then Seattle city declaring that those laws were, uh, inhuman and unjust, right? That was how significant that uh, resolution was for oh, us. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, because of that, uh, many of the community members uh, who were opposed to uh, to a casteist and Islamophobic uh, atmosphere uh, in Indian society, they all came together and uh, that helped us mobilize uh, you know, uh, properly. Um, and uh, then, uh, you know, this issue, which is very local, uh, which is faced by the community member themselves, uh, uh, the community members who are from marginalized caste, uh, there was a lot of effort in, in trying to, uh, you know, uh, get this policy in because, uh, as the Cisco case showed us, uh, the HR in America does not really get it when it comes to caste discrimination. Uh, they try to say that it's covered under different uh, 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 banners, but uh, that's the, uh, different categories, but that's not true. Uh, there are ways to discriminate based on caste, which uh, 
will not even make sense to most of the Americans uh, who are trying to use the the old policies. Uh, so they will reject them as oh this is this does not really you know look like uh, a caste based discrimination or such. Uh, for example, while I was reading right uh, about a, a little more about. Uh, how uh, race discrimination happens in in America. Uh, I came across uh, one scenario where, uh, you know, uh, a person was uh, continuously harassed about uh, how their hairs were, right? Right, Uh, right. And this is a very common way to to discriminate against black people. And uh, if you look at it uh, on the surface, it's just about hair, right? Who is talking about race? We are just talking about hair. Somebody could could make this thing up, right? But uh, the system here understands that uh, this is about race. Uh, similarly, there are some nuances to caste discrimination also, which the system may not understand unless it is asked to specifically understand it. Uh, for example, let's say if I tell somebody uh to go clean toilet right yeah uh, i mean it's just saying somebody to go clean toilet or if i tell somebody why don't you go back to making shoes okay uh did it sound bad to you well yeah and the the phrasing of that last one why don't you go back to making shoes that 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 sounds like it has some you know some pejorative connotations to it yeah, yeah, but it's not very explicitly clear that uh, what is being done. But uh, right, in right. India, uh, the communities that were forced to uh, work on with the leather uh, or cow skinning, uh, these were uh, horrible, uh, horribly forced. Uh, uh you know occupation on people from the marginalized community and it is sort of reminding them of their place in the society that they are not good enough to come back come up to to other uh you know occupations uh it's not very apparently clear uh, to americans if if some of these uh things are used uh to to sort of you know um um to harass somebody in in your team uh, the other thing is you know w- what uh, you do is that by by outing someone uh, about their caste what you do is because most of the community here is from the upper caste community which has a has uh, biases against the people from the marginalized community about their talent. Uh, by outing someone, you create a doubt about their talent in the team, right? Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah. Very com- it's, it's very common here for people to have teams where more than 50% people are from the Indian community. Right, um, and even South Asian, like we are talking Indian, but what I really mean is that this is about South of Asian community. But because I am in in, in uh, embedded in the Indian community, I am mostly talking about Indian community. But once you uh, out someone, it becomes very difficult for them to operate, knowing that rest of the people are you know, now keeping a close eye on uh, you and you cannot be just one engineer, but any mistake you make will become like a 
validation of whatever their uh, you know mindset is like you know we all make mistakes uh, as an engineer i have made several mistake i have give, been given second chances many times but if, if the if the atmosphere is such that people think that you are already not good enough uh, if people already think that you are not good enough and uh, you uh, if you ever make a mistake that that's it right uh, uh, it will it will be very costly for you so so yeah. all those things uh, uh, were the experiences of the people so uh, we have been asking about uh, we meaning as a community uh, people who are interested in anti caste work have uh, and people who have been mobilizing against caste uh, in america uh, they decided to you know um, uh, i mean we tried a lot with the uh, companies that we work in uh, we didn't get any good uh, response from them uh, they would be very happy to slide those uh, requests under the carpet saying no 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 it's not uh, you know we are still looking into it it's complicated uh, hmm. i mean how how complicated it is to to protect somebody who is your own employee right right uh, but, right. Uh, but uh, we realize that we don't have much leverage when it comes to asking corporations to help us uh, so uh, many of us uh, started approaching various um uh you know uh, people in, in in power uh in in the, in the democratic institutions uh, uh i mean uh, people uh, like uh, institutions like um uh, equality lab uh, uh try to do a congressional hearing uh, uh organization that ambedkar international center became amicus brief uh, filed an amicus brief in the cisco case to to help the courts understand what the caste discrimination was uh, there were other like ambedkar king study circle uh, which is which is a interesting uh, org in its own because it tries to bring uh, people who follow dr ambedkar and people who follow dr king under the same umbrella uh, and they also started uh, mobilizing in california and try to uh, reach uh, you know uh, uh, authorities there uh, and in fact uh, nacp also issued a, a significant resolution against caste discrimination uh, some time back uh, so so all these things were happening um, and uh, uh, when the community shared these problems with the seattle council member shama savant and uh, uh, her team uh, they promised to uh, uh, you know somebody from 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 her team and uh, socialist alternative uh, also suggested that we can focus on doing this ads at a city level uh, because a city can also pass um, uh you know or laws and ordinance uh, for you know how the businesses in the city should should operate right yeah uh, so 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 this was taken up uh, uh, like luckily for the movement this was uh, picked up by shama savant uh, and uh, uh, they they did all the necessary legal investigation before uh, you know uh, proposing this uh, in the city council uh, but uh, 
let's look at why this is so significant uh, uh, sorry uh, i i happen to be I, I am getting a feel that i am going into a monologue but there's so much background to paint. no no this is yeah, this is really yeah. good i think this is this lays context because i don't think a lot of people and i'll speak for myself you know know of the layers of this and um i appreciate the link that you sent me um, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well for those of you listening. Uh, Confessions of an American Cast Trader. Um, you, you know, you talk about a lot of this, and uh, I think this is important because these are the things that I don't think we understand, and just just how deep because it just gives another leg up, right, to, to white supremacy. I mean, you write here, a castist mind is opposed to equality, liberty, and fraternity. It is happy with just finding a place in the upper layers of the social pyramid. Um, he said caste is logic about hierarchy based on labor, looking down on those doing physical labor and even those associated with them as impures, capable of defiling the purity of others. That stuff right there is like, woo. Um, but but please, by all means, keep keep breaking it down. This is this is good stuff. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Uh, so so so. Um the significance of this thing is 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 itself uh, something that uh, might not be very apparent to people in america but um uh, it, it, i i used to think that even i was uh, blow, blowing the significance out of proportion when we were fighting for it because in my mind it was like a very significant thing that we were fighting for and it was not just about the local community but it had it was something that could have uh, an impact uh, around the world but uh, even though i had my own doubts uh, what happened after the victory uh, the kind of coverage uh, the indian media which is all itself dominated by uh, uh, you know the dominant caste people uh, the indian media was forced to cover this thing uh, so widely because people in the uh, in the in India also were thrilled at this victory. Uh, so 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 what is significant about this victory is uh, is twofold. One is that uh, people from the marginalized communities have been saying time and again that. Uh, even though people assume that caste is something that only happens in rural areas, uh, you know, a, a parallel could be that uh, Americans thinking that caste uh, racism is all, all only in South and not in, you know, the so-called liberal uh, states. Uh, they have been saying that uh, caste is 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 in every uh place where the dominant caste people go because it is about prestige, privilege, and opportunity, right? So wherever there are opportunities, uh, people from the dominant caste will try to monopolize that opportunity and keep people out of those opportunities from uh, the people from the marginalized caste out of those opportunities, right? Uh, so that's why uh, it's not about people who don't have education uh, uh, who commit casteism? It's also, uh, uh, I mean, uh, there are very well documented cases of uh, uh, students from marginalized community dying by suicide in Indian uh, 
uh, universities which are uh, you know which who they are they are equivalent of american ivy league universities right so so in the indian university uh, the universities that are considered the cream of cream uh, even there uh, there have been cases not even there in fact uh, there have been a significant uh, uh at uh, you know uh, oppressive uh, uh and casteist atmosphere in those universities so uh, so what 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 we have noticed is that uh, pe- people from the dominant caste carry caste with them wherever they go uh, and uh, this is something that uh, you know the 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 organizers in india were also trying to uh you know uh, they needed some sort of an acknowledgement of this thing uh, that you know this is this is in fact a phenomenon and uh, the problem is wherever they try to escape uh, to escape the caste system they find that uh, the the people who who have Uh, the highest chance of discriminating them are already there like i have heard people say that they are not so afraid of uh, racism in america they think that that's i mean they, racism against indian uh, so they are like you know racism against us is not really there but the casteism is what we are worried about more uh, hmm. because it it all happens under the radar and most people don't understand so if you if you do something racist right it's visible uh, the rest of the people will try to oppose it right but if a caste based harassment happens uh, uh the system and the people around will not really understand what just happened and they, they, you know you will not be uh, you, there is no safe space uh, for you to say right uh, so so the uh, the victory in seattle uh, became a, a, a big deal for uh, uh, for the uh organizers against caste because now they know that uh, this this is a this is a important discussion that will take place in america about uh movements get inspired like you know there are movements all over uh, they are probably not uh, as well connected because of lack of resources in the community but they all get inspired by uh, such victories uh, and i must thank the the working people of seattle without whom this victory would not have been possible and you must be thinking that you know with the uh, i mean there were some petition signing but uh, uh, why do i bring up the the you know working class in seattle uh, the the key thing to understand is uh, Uh, the council member shama was able to boldly uh, go and support this thing because uh, her her uh, political base is the working class in seattle right uh, let's say if shama sawant was uh, a candidate who had large scale indian american support uh, for her right like uh, like there are many politicians who get lot of support from the indian indian american community um, in that case she could not have been very 
uh, effective because the uh, because most of the Indian American community are from quote unquote upper caste, uh, and uh, there was a very lukewarm uh, response to this thing. Like you know, imagine this is our moment, right? This is our moment to undo casteism within our community. But uh, the Indian American community was either negative or they did not respond very well to, to this opportunity. Uh, and uh, there would have been a risk that some of them would have threatened uh, to withdraw support if that was her base, right? Okay. But it's because, it's because the working class understands uh, the working people understand the issues of oppression. They have faced it themselves. Uh, they stood in support of this thing. So, so in that sense, I feel that um, you know they they were they were a, a big factor. Uh, the labor uh, um, there were many uh, labor uh, uh, unions that uh, supported this. Uh, Alphabet Workers Union supported this. So, so, so uh, there was a significant support from those communities uh, or or those factions, uh, which helped uh, you know, uh, which helped us fight this case where there was a lot of. Uh, uh, negative, uh, a lot of noise against it that came from the uh, institutions controlled by dominant caste communities. Uh, there were allegations that uh, this is Hindu phobic, uh, which was a very nonsense allegation. How can protecting some people be? Uh, it's like, you know, uh, if you try to bring up civil rights, uh, the white people claiming that uh, these are against us, these, this is white phobia right. or something like that. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, so so it was it was, uh, but but uh, this is the other thing, right? The, the American media in its uh, uh, in in its. Uh, I don't know what this thing is about showing both sides, right? They oh, we want to talk to both sides about this thing. Uh, I mean, what is this nonsense? There's one side that is uh, that are people who are uh, you know who wants to have impunity for bigotry, uh, and there's one side that's trying to fight to uh, ban bigotry. Are these two sides that you should be talking to? Like we we have been asked questions like, oh, but these people they are saying that what you are trying to do is this, and I I have always been very irritated with uh, uh, the fact that they have not done their homework enough to to realize that uh, you know they are giving platforms to uh, to people who are uh, you know trying to uh, be on the side of bigotry. Uh, so, so, so that uh, was another uh, experience that uh, we faced, uh, and uh, obviously, it was very hard to get our voices into the media before the victory, uh, which is when we really needed it. Uh, thanks to uh, you know, uh, like you, like you just read out uh, from South Seattle Emerald, uh, this is a you know a, a, a black community run uh, news outlet in. Seattle, uh, they were uh, more receptive to to our uh, uh, you know uh, request than the 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 other media who probably either they don't internalize uh, 
you know uh, these things or i don't know what the factor is but uh, we have been turned down by some uh, media outlets who claim that who told us that oh come back after you have won i mean this is the kind of uh, uh, you know these are the kind of challenges we face when we try to bring the discussion about caste so like you said earlier that uh, the americans are not very familiar with these things but they are not familiar because there's a because of a reason the reason is that uh, the the most of the uh, the media in america is afraid of uh, discussing issue about indian american community because they fear uh, some backlash from this community uh, so it has always been a challenge to to discuss caste and its effect uh, and uh, uh, thankfully uh, some people uh, helped us uh, there was there was an op-ed that we were able to get out in uh, um, real change uh which is also another local uh, working class uh, uh, uh media outlet so so uh, the other reason that i feel why uh, the issue of caste is not discussed uh, properly in america and why people are kept uh, in the dark is also because once you start thinking about uh, caste and its effect you will start to draw parallels with it in america uh, in american society uh, how the class operates in america uh, and how uh, race is used as a tool to to enforce this class structure uh, so so it, it it seems to me that that's the reason why they are a little hesitant to carry our our articles um, so but but yeah the 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 those who supported us uh, a big thank you to them but uh, uh, there were struggles in trying to spread the words about significance of uh, this ordinance in in seattle but uh, thanks to our uh, other community members who uh, like you know there were some humanitarian orgs in uh, seattle uh and there were some leaders uh, uh from from uh, different communities uh, i can uh, i think uh, uh this one person who is more no well known uh, her name is anila afzali uh who who had a significant connection uh, uh in the local community and they were able to uh bring endorsement from uh, several orgs uh, many uh, many f- uh, even faith based and even uh, uh, you know uh, people working to uh, support uh, uh, you know the the american marginalized communities so there were uh, about uh there were over there were significant number like almost 200 such orgs that uh, endorsed our ordinance uh, which also put a lot of pressure on the council member that uh, if they don't act in the correct manner uh, these orgs will 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 have to uh, you know uh, lodge their protest right uh, so so 
Yeah, that's the general background uh, around uh, how, uh, uh, you know, there was a fight and uh, there were many attempts at dilution, but uh, thankfully council member Shama stood, uh, you know, uh, strong and uh, made sure that uh, uh, caste discrimination got banned. So when I say caste discrimination got banned, what it means is that uh, just like race, uh, caste is now included as a, uh, you know, as a as a factor uh, which uh, uh, you know people cannot discriminate based on, uh, and if uh, if they are uh, found to be discriminating somebody based on caste, they'll have to face the same uh, consequences as if they would have discriminated based on race or gender or any other such protected class. Yeah. Uh, uh, one more thing I'd like to touch upon, which is uh, something very important, distinction between uh, caste and race thing. Uh, so... Uh, there's there's a, a little doubt, uh, there's a little confusion when we say caste as a protected class. Uh, uh, the problem is that, you know, like race and others uh, uh, unlike race and other, uh, other protected classes, caste is something that uh, is, is very unnatural uh, it's actually, uh, you know, very methodically created, right? Uh, it is something that uh, what uh, the anti-caste community says in India is that we want to annihilate caste. Uh, we, we, it's, it's not something that we would want to preserve at any point, right? Um, we want to get rid of this version. So it's like, you know, you cannot get rid of gender, for example, uh, it, uh, in society, like, you know, it's, it's biologically there, right? Uh, you cannot get rid of, uh, uh, you know, there, for example, disability, right? There will always be some disability in the society, uh, uh, at least in the near future, right? Uh, uh, until something better is invented but uh, caste doesn't have to be there uh, so so we have to also be mindful of this fact that uh, you know uh, discrimination based on caste while we want to ban but we want to also want to make sure that uh, we don't uh, confuse ourselves uh, with the ultimate mission which is uh, uh, the ultimate mission should be to 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 completely get rid of this caste system, uh, and also uh, the the other thing that is significant is that uh, just like uh, uh, I shouldn't say just like uh, it is important to notice that in the caste system, the discrimination happens uh, from the top. Uh, the the marginalized communities, right? 
which who were who were called quote unquote untouchables uh, for centuries uh, they are not the one who do caste based discrimination so somehow the 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 law can give you a false feeling that uh, you know everybody is doing discrimination with everybody that's not reality the reality is that it's usually enforced top down hmm. uh, so that's also sort of not becoming very clear uh, if you just say that it's it's you know a protected class so those are something that the office of civil rights should be mindful of when they apply this thing uh, in future but yeah so i i like my monologue with this uh, sorry uh, for <laughs> no no this is amazing i mean i, I get, again i just want to reiterate i think um, a lot of folks are are unaware of the history and the context of this and to have such a law passed and to have a precedent set. Um, I think it's a big thing. So, you know, again, a great congrats uh, to you and the team and, uh, you know, and, and for sharing just kind of some of the infrastructure um, with that. Now, are you still working at you said you're still working at Meta right now, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. And has there been any blowback on the job on, on any of this stuff? And when and, and when does the law go into effect? Well, the law is already gone into effect uh, oh, wow. end of March. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, the no, there is no blowback uh, as far as I can see. Uh, in fact, my previous manager was quite supportive. Uh, he was. He was. Uh, uh, an American guy, well, uh, meaning like he came from American society. He he was not Indian American or something. Uh, uh, the uh, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't felt uh, so much, uh, but that's because you know, uh, uh, like like every uh, system, right? Uh, it's not like everyone out there is an evil guy but uh, everyone has the pow power to be uh, to enact that bigotry that's the problem right that's the power we want to take away by banning caste uh, and also you know uh, i don't expect something like that should happen because to me because uh, you know, we are all uh, politically organized now, so the fear is a little, you know, has been addressed that way because, uh, you know, as an individual, I could be worried, but uh, now that uh, the whole community is is behind this law, uh, that fear is 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 gone because you know I know we have support from the community to stand up to this, so. Uh, uh, like like for like every fight right people mobilize and once people are mobilized it's very hard to to scare them with uh, any such thing yeah no absolutely no absolutely man wow well this is this has been amazing i, I think i've learned a lot and um i've appreciated just your perspective and your man your ability to just you know to, to again to mobilize and, and put this all together i mean i think that's that's fascinating and i'm glad that something i'm glad that something like this exists uh it's very encouraging uh so i appreciate that um uh, just one second uh so uh 
Yeah, I am just one of the grassroots workers. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, mobilization. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just to just to name names, right? Uh, the 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 main uh, folks behind this is obviously Shama's team. Socialist Alternative were the ones who pushed it locally in Seattle, but nationwide we got a lot of support. Uh, in fact, they were they were leading this thing. Uh, one of uh, like you know there was Equality Lab, there was Ambedkar International Center, there's Ambedkar uh, Association of North America, and obviously uh, like I said before, Ambedkar King Study Circle from California. All these uh, organizations uh, you know came out in big support, and they are the ones who mobilized community members who gave, gave hundreds of testimonies in Seattle City Hall. Uh, they are all now part, part of public record. And they, 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 you know, very strongly made an appeal. They, they shared their experiences. There was a lot of crying. Uh, there was a lot of uh, angry opposition also uh, who, who were uh, threatening Seattle City with lawsuits. Uh, it was, it was, uh, uh, a, a, a very uh, vivid experience, uh, so to say. But uh, yeah, so so I mean, I just want to make sure that uh, you know, uh, my position in this is that I was one of the uh, part of the team, not not the, somebody who did this thing. No, I no 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 absolutely. And I was going to ask you that is as well, like who else was on the team? But I appreciate that. Now that's that's good. No, recognizing that it is, it's a group, it's community effort and whatnot. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, Prashant, where can folks find you if they wanted to reach out? They got questions. Uh, like I said, I'll put the the link to the essay uh, in the in the show notes. But is there anything specific? And are you up to anything new right now? Your next venture in uh, activism. Um, so, uh, like all the orgs I mentioned, I can send you links to them. Uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of effort around, you know, explaining these things to the American uh, society. Uh, but if there is one thing you want to look up, please look up uh, California State Bill 403. Uh, this is the the significant fight that the community is fighting right now and that needs a lot of support from uh, people all over the the world i would say because uh, california state will be a, a, a game changer for the anti caste fight uh, so please look mm. up on that and that's the that's the next fight but we are not local to that but we will provide all the kind of uh, logistical or any kind of uh, support that they need uh, uh, the Seattle team is completely in support of the uh, the state bill 403 in California uh, and if you get inspired by that please try to talk to your uh, pol local politician and ask why uh, such protections are not available in your uh, state or city. Yeah, no, that's that's what's up. That is what's up. Absolutely. Well, again, as always, I'll put all those links and materials show notes at whitehodgepodcast.com. Look up Profane Faith um, and you will find those materials. Prashant, thank you so much for taking the time out today, explaining this, breaking it down. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Brother Daniel, for giving this platform. Uh, 
like I said, uh, we have struggled a lot to get the voices out and uh, people like you giving us any space, any uh, any way we can amplify our voices. Uh, it's a big, big help. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. We live in an era of unprecedented access to information, news, and media. But what happens when all that information leads you to suddenly realize you spent the majority of your childhood in a cult? Well, we can tell you. Join me, Jessica Goforth, and Kathleen Reynolds as we take you into the world of cult recovery after all the emotional, psychological, financial, and sexual abuse we experienced as part of Bill Gothard's Advanced Training Institute. On our podcast called Leaving the Village, we talk candidly about our journey out and interview other survivors whose experiences will boggle your mind as scandals continue to rock the twisted world of IBLP. Subscribe to Leaving the Village today so you don't miss a single episode.